Hey fellas, this is Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. All right, all right. What's up, guys? How we doing tonight? Rob Carbone coming at you with BD4, episode 27, here on September 12th. It's a, was it Thursday? It's a Thursday night. We're nearing 11 p.m. as I start this. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it wasn't a great series for the Yankees. I mean, they, they took two out of three. Listen, you'll take two out of three, right? Obviously, you want to sweep the great. You want to sweep one of the worst teams in baseball. You know, a historically bad Tigers team who's on pace for 110, maybe 100, you know, something. You know, maybe 110 losses. You obviously want to sweep them, but <laughs> toss that aside. You'll take two or three. But what felt weird was just, it didn't feel like a great series. You know, the Yankees played some sloppy baseball. They didn't really have the energy, and that really kind of translated into, you know, I don't know. It feels weird because they scored a shit ton of runs this series, but you feel like watching it, it didn't really feel like they were clicking on all cylinders. <laughs> I mean, they scored 11 in Game 1, 10 in Game 2, and uh, tonight, the second game of the doubleheader, they dropped 6. I mean, <laughs> so they, <laughs> they scored their runs, but it just felt weird. It didn't feel like they were clicking on all cylinders. And I guess that's a positive, right? To say that when their offense is not at their best, they can still drop double digits consistently. But, um, hold on. I got my coffee with me tonight because I need to stay awake and I'm tired today. But, um, no, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. When they're not at their best, they can still drop 10 in a heartbeat. But, I don't know, it didn't feel like the greatest series. And, it's, and obviously, with... Jesus Christ, with the injuries, that kind of puts a down to it too, a downside to it, because we found out today, or we saw, we saw three more injuries and possibly more. Um, first one was Edwin Encarnacion, strains his oblique. Um, that was the injury that put, um, was it a Luke Voigt on the DL for an extended period of time? So you know, it's not a good sign, especially getting Encarnacion back, and he was hot. He was hitting the, he was swinging the ball, swinging the bat well. He goes on to the, uh, well, no, he, he, he hasn't gone on to the DL yet, but I'm expecting him to miss some significant time. We'll talk about all of that later. Him, we'll talk about Gary's injury. We'll talk about Hap's injury and all that in a little bit. Let's recap the series to start. Game one, oh, I don't even, after all of this, I don't even remember game one. <laughs> It was just, it was one of those back and forth games. Um, one of those back and forth slugfests where where the Yankees just did not pitch well. And, and a lot of that was, I'm going to say it here because it's true, a lot of that was Aaron Boone's fault. Listen, it was the ultimate punt game. And that right there, I lost a lot of respect for Aaron Boone right there. And listen, I know it's a, to some of you, it may be a meaningless game. But I, I, I count all these games as, as important, you know, because I, I really do feel home field advantage is huge. And when you're playing 
a team like the Tigers, you got to take advantage of that. And I understand you need to rest some players. So Aaron Boone sat LeMayhew that game. He sat Judge. He sat Voight. Um, okay, uh, sitting three big big names was a little much for him. But you know what? I'll let that slide, right? So we get into the game. Cortez starts. Okay, interesting. That's a little too much rest. But okay, I'll let that slide. But then Sessa comes in. Then Guerin comes in. Then who else came in? Then Ryan Dole. Then uh, Tyler Lyons. I'd never even heard of these guys until last week, half of them. And it was the ultimate punt game. That's where I drew the line. Like, I draw the line after you you sit three bats. Okay, that's fine. You want to give rest, you sit some bats. But don't go telling me you're going to fucking... So I don't like cursing in this, but you know what? Sometimes it comes out, and I'm pissed off. I don't like when you're throwing out everybody in the minor league system out there. We're trying to win home field advantage. On the same night, Houston's losing by three touchdowns to the A's. And we're out here basically trying to lose. We're definitely not trying to win. Um, and the bad, the thing that pissed me off most was he eventually, after 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 sitting there blowing his bubble gum and watching Cortez, Sessa, Guerin, Dole, Lyons give up ten runs to the Tigers, after doing all that, then he goes with Adovino and Britain. So the whole point of using all those five low-level pitchers were to save out of Vino and Britain for another day. But the offense, the bats came back and bailed his... So the bats came back and they made him look stupid. So he has to put it out of Vino and Britain after all. And I can't tell you how much times Boone does this. And I laugh every time because it bites him in the ass. But that's what pissed me off. You know, if he's going to go all a full-out pump mentality. <laughs> the bats eventually come back. Then he's going to waste both. His top, his top guys and low-level guys. It's a joke. And the Yankees ended up losing that because right after using Britain, he puts in Chance Adams and goes right back into punt mode. And Adams, the biggest bust in the Yankees' system, does what Chance Adams does all the time. He gave up a bomb, and that was, that was it. That was it. <laughs> Tigers walked off, Yanks lose. And all that magic, that game that they had with the bats scoring 11 runs, it meant nothing because they lost 12-11. So that game pissed me off. Aaron Boone's mentality, it's never something I'm going to buy into. He doesn't have that killer intensity. And, you know, like I said, he's had a good season. Hell, he might even win manager of the year. Good for him. I think he deserves it if he does. But I'm never, I'm not going to hop on. That's the that's the last thing. That's the one thing holding me back from hopping on the, the Aaron Boone hype train is I don't think he has that killer instinct. I think he's a little soft up in that head of his. So, and you know what? Part of it might be that he's you know he's a puppet to these analytical morons. But I'm I'm not fully buying into that. He has no decision making. You know I think he has something to do with it. And the fact that he he consistently just he he didn't care that they were going to lose that game. It felt like he had no problem watching his team blow that game. No issue with it at all. Clearly, he didn't have any issue taking an L to the face. That's what pissed me off, and that's that's what's holding me back, man. But like I said, a great October, and when I mean great, I mean a World Series victory, can change my mind on Boone. So, But the Yanks did bounce back today with a doubleheader after being rained out yesterday. Come back with two wins today. Um, <clears throat> first game... <clears throat> God, they won 10-4. to Like like I said, offense didn't look good early on, but just like that, the 7th and 8th inning, they dropped the 6th spot combined. But they started out good. 
uh, Voight homer, make it 2 nothing in the first inning. And Edwin Encarnacion homer made it 4 nothing in the third. Then they got into that little dry spell. They're leaving some runners on. Didn't look great at all. Looked like a dead game. But they got hot in the 7th and 8th. And, uh, you know, Gregorius hit a big, I don't know if it was a double or something. Uh, a bunch of hits. It was a little hit parade, which is what I like, you know. They scored 6, and they eventually scored 10 overall. Jay Hat pitched that game. Um, for the most part, he looked great. He held, it looked like he was on his way, it looked like he was on his way to a third consecutive uh, scoreless outing. Two outs into the fifth, he held the Tigers to no runs, but then the wheels started falling off a bit. Gave up three hits in a row, a single, a homer, then another single. That knocked him out, so his final line would read a more average than anything. Four and two-thirds, seven hits, three walks, so you got ten base runners in those in those innings. And allowed those allowed those two runs, so it was kind of a step backwards from where he's been recently, but still okay. Now, does this change my opinion on him in the postseason? No, I, I don't want him near the mound in October. So, <clears throat> coffee. Um, what else? Hap hap hap. Uh, relief pitchers came in once again. Aaron Boone tossed out to finish off the game. He put in the backup relieving core. And they gave up two runs. I mean, they, our backup relieving core is ass. <laughs> I don't think there's a worse mop-up crew in baseball than the Yankees is. And somebody made a good point to me earlier on Twitter. Uh, Josh made a good point. One of my followers, he said, you know, the reason they have such a such a piss-poor backup relieving, uh, relieving crew is because they spent so much money on getting, you know, on, on getting uh, on getting those top guys. You know, they, they spent so much on Adovino, on Britain, on, you know, Batances and so on, that they're not going to have that lights out mop-up crew. But, and, you know, I wouldn't hate it as much if the starting pitching was consistent, but the starting pitching isn't consistent, and our manager so often uses this backup crew. So it's, it's annoying. But Yanks still won that game 10-4. to Tonight, we get to tonight's game. Um, we win this one six to four. Sabathia started was typical Sabathia, just three and a thirds, and it felt like uh, it's just typical Sabathia, man. Three and a third, two runs. His first start off the deal. Uh, Herman came in, pitched an excellent four innings of shutout ball, struck out five. He came in to follow up Sabathia, but you know, if you're gonna ask me if I want Herman relieving from here on out, absolutely not. I want him as a starter in the playoffs. The guy won 17 games as the starter this season, 18 overall, but 17 as a starter. He's been pitching very well as a starter overall, despite the ERA being over four. I think he's pitched a little better than that because you look at his game log and you got a lot of outings where he's given up two, three, two, three, four, sometimes one, zero. He's had some implosions where he's given up six, seven, eight, about four times. So that's what's risen the ERA. For the most part, though, he's kept this team in the game as a starter. So I want him out there starting. I hate this Herman out of the pen thing. <clears throat> Coffee break. Um, what else? Offensively, we hit a couple more homers. Once again, we started off in the first inning with a homer. Aaron Judge, one yards. Great to see him hitting his homers again, man. It's it's coming so consistently now. Remember after that big long slump, and even earlier in the year, before he slumped, he was just like a singles guy. But now he's starting to hit the homers. He's starting to pull the ball. He's using all fields, and 
looks great. So he hits a homer in the first, puts the Yanks up 2-0. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, after going 0-6 in the first game, he's been slumping. But after going 0-6, he bounces back with a nice game. He goes 3-5, for five, and in the second inning, he gets an RBI double to put the Yanks up 3 nothing. Uh, and then later in the fifth, I think Didi hits an unofficial triple. Should have been a triple. Ruled a single with two advances. Uh, but Didi hits a triple in the fifth. Puts the Yanks up 4-2. to Because uh, CeCe's two runs from earlier. But he he puts the Yanks up 4-2. to two, And Gio Urshela comes through in the ninth with a big homer to put the game out of reach. 6-2. to two. Urshela hit his 20th. Uh, both Voy and Urshela now have 20 homers. We'll get to that in a second. I want to talk a little bit about the home run ball in a sec. But, yeah, that was that was the series. Um, yeah, like I said, it wasn't a great-looking series. You know, kind of sloppy, low energy, a bit lethargic. But you look at the score, the Yanks dropped, like I said, the Yanks dropped their runs and, for the most part, held the Tigers, you know, off the board. Four runs in the last two games each. I mean, they did fine. They did fine. It wasn't a spectacular series pitching-wise, but they did fine. Offense, despite struggling, still did their thing. And, you know, we move on. But it's it's just the injuries, man. <laughs> it's the injuries that, that start wearing on you. And this entire, this whole next man up shit. Listen, it was cute, you know, for a while. <laughs> it was cool. Scranton Rail Riders, scrappy and all, doing their thing. I like it. I liked it. I liked it. But it, now it's kind of getting tiresome now, and I'm getting annoyed. It's just so frustrating that none of these guys, none of these big bats that we're supposed to have for the future, you know, for the years to come, none of them can stay healthy. You know, Stanton's played nine games, um, but now Sanchez is going down with another DL stint. <coughs> Possibly DL stint could keep him out for the rest of the for the rest of the year. And Carnacion, same thing. He could be out for a while until until October. I mean, it's it's annoying as shit. It's starting to get really frustrating, and it does make you question how long can they keep this up. And I know they've gotten to this point. They have 97 wins by doing this all season. But when you get to October, man, oh, it's a different animal. But um, it's kind of weird because um, all these injuries today kind of maybe change my mind on things. Now I've never been a big John Carlos Stanton guy. You guys know that. I'm not a hater. I'm not I'm not your typical Stanton hater either, but I am a little iffy on him. But <laughs> with the injury to Edwin Encarnacion, with the injury to Gary Sanchez, Stanton is kind of needed right now. You just you just put two big power bats could potentially land on the DL for the remainder of the regular season at least, and I'm being positive when I say that, you could probably use Stanton right now. That's when he's needed. Now, I understand that, you know, I'm not the biggest Stanton guy because I'm where, I'm uh, I'm worried about the strikeouts, but that's kind of the thing here. I'm all about balance, and with, with two guys going to the DL and Stanton back, it's kind of, you know, it's not like it's it's going to harm because you're replacing strikeouts and power with more strikeouts and power. You know, you're not adding to it, but you're rather replacing to it. So it doesn't hurt. It's not overkill is kind of what I'm saying here. You know, Stanton Stanton with everybody healthy is kind of overkill to me. It can be harmful. It can be helpful, but it can be harmful at times. But now with two guys going on to the DL, you can you can you, know, you can kind of picture Stanton coming back and you know, now providing more of a positive boost than anything. It's not going to be overkill. It's going to be 
a, a perfect fit to get him back in there now with two guys injured. So, so you know, he kind of needs to uh, come back and start performing. And speaking of, we got good news on that today. Stanton, along with Severino, Batances, and even Montgomery, they said, are all going going to be returning uh, this upcoming week. Severino will start on Sunday. Um, I think Batances is a little, uh, what's it called? He's a little, uh, he's not as further along in the process, Batances. But Severino's coming Sunday. I think they said Montgomery Tuesday and uh, Giancarlo Stanton on their next homestand. So, should be fun. So, he's coming at a good time. Uh, who else? Luke Voigt. <laughs> he had a big day today. He's starting to heat up. Uh, he had three hits in the opening game and a hit later tonight. Uh, lately, though, overall, he's six years last 14, 429, uh, and, and uh, with a 467 OBP over his last four games. He has a homer, two doubles, and four ribbies during the span. So it's good to see him heating up right now because, you know, <laughs> now now with the injury to Eddie, to Eddie, he could possibly, and with the injury to Eddie and with Voight with heating up as well, he could... He's probably going to be on this postseason roster now because just a couple of days ago, just yesterday or no, two days ago, he was kind of a question mark. You know, is Voight is Voight, is Voight going to going to fit this roster? He's struggling. There's a lot of room, there's not much room on the roster, but now it's kind of opened up for him, and him being hot definitely helps his case. So, and I'm all, I'm all for that too. I'm a big Voight guy. You know, when he's clicking, the energy he brings to that Bronx crowd is is huge. It's big time. Uh, Tyler Wade. Now, this is an interesting topic because when it comes to the postseason, you're going to need all five tools in order to win, right? Along with pitching, you're going to need all five tools um, from the position player standpoint. You're going to need speed. You're going to need defense and arm. You're going to need contact and power. And Tyler Wade, speaking of tools, is a toolsy player. Hear me out here. Hear me out. Tyler Wade, in his last six games with the plate appearance, he's 7 out of 19, which is 368, with three extra base hits and a stolen base or two. I think it's a couple stolen bases, but he's been good. He's been hitting recently. He's been getting on base, and when he gets on base, boy, is he a havoc. He is a, he's a force to be reckoned with when he's on base. The problem well, he's never usually on base, and we don't know if we can trust him enough to get on base. But what I'm about to say here might piss you off. Is it that crazy to consider, at least just consider, putting Tyler Wade on the Yankees' postseason roster? I know. I know. But think, you're going to need speed. Put yourself in this scenario. It's the ALDS. Everybody's talking about the Astros and the ALCS. I want to focus on the ALDS first. It's the ALDS. We're playing either, let's say, the A's or the Rays, whatever. We're down 2-1 to one in the eighth inning. Uh, Luke Voigt gets a base hit. You pinch run. You put Wade on first. Wade steals second. Hey, maybe he even goes to third. Now the, the tying run's right there. Now you just need to poke a single the other way or get a sack fly inside the game. That is huge. And a guy like Wade, he's one of the fastest white dudes I've ever seen. He can he can do that for you. He can steal. And hey, if he hits, it's a bonus. But I'm saying putting him on the roster, of course, 
I would want the Yankees to monitor his playing time and use him smartly and effectively. You know, I'm not saying use him as an everyday player. I'm saying use him as a late game defensive sub, maybe in the outfield or something, or as a pinch runner, like I just said. It's just something to think about. And obviously, there's a little competition going on. It's probably going to be one of... It could be, not probably. If if either are going to make the roster, it's going to be Wade or Maven. Maybe none of them will make it, but if you had to pick Wade or Maven, I mean, it's, it's really just going to be a toss-up from you know, whoever does better from here on out. And Maven uh, had, a good, had a good day today. He picked up a big double late in the first game. Um, he was regressing... Before tonight, you know, he started to come down to earth. He was kind of, he kind of hit a big slump of late, but he hits a he gets a big one tonight, <clears throat> gets the double, and maybe he's gonna maybe he's gonna start turning it around because as you guys know, I'm a big Maven fan as well. I like Cameron Maven, and I've said all along I think he's an important piece to a championship contender as long as he continues you know to be an effective bat. He doesn't have to hit three thirty like he was earlier when he came up, but you know just be an effective bat and play good defense and speed. He has some speed too. So it's going to be interesting. You could definitely make a case for Mabin over Wade, but thinking, if you're thinking Wade over Mabin too, that's not a terrible idea. I'm just saying, either one of those guys on a postseason roster, whether they're going to be great hitters or not, are definitely something to consider because of their speed. And speed kills, folks. <laughs> it kills, especially in the playoffs. Alright, hmm. um, what else do I want to talk about? Talk about that, talk about that. Reading off of this here. Um, oh, Clint Frazier has been struggling of late, but uh, if the Yankees keep playing him down the stretch here and if he gets hot, do you think he slips in? I would love... I keep getting this image in my head of Clint Frazier coming through Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, a big game seven here in the playoffs, gets a big home run for the team, and the crowd goes nuts. I keep getting that image in my head. Just thinking thinking about Clint Frazier in October, something tells me he would thrive in that in that environment, man. Something just tells me he is built for that. I would love to see Clint hit for the Yankees in October. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make the roster. Um... One obviously being the uh, his defense is just atrocious, right? And you, he, he's awful out there in left field, and it's it's cringy to watch. It makes me cringe. And today we saw it again. He he has a tough time even just tracking tracking down a ball, and he was bobbling it and shit. He's terrible out there in the outfield. But I mean, his bat is just so enticing. Now, with the injuries, like I said, with the injuries to Gary and to Edwin, maybe Clint can slide in here as a DH on the roster. I don't know. But then again, how does that work? Um, maybe Stanton's in left if he gets healthy. You got Stanton in left. Guardian center, judge and right. Clint DHing Voight at first, right? But that's 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 considering... That's, uh, that's if Edwin doesn't come back. By 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 the time the playoffs come around, though, that's and who knows, maybe he does. But it's it's there's a lot there's a lot of people here who are going to be disappointed because there's so many players on this roster and there's so much talent and depth that somebody isn't going to make it or a couple of people aren't going to make it who probably deserve to make it on any other team. But it's going to be tough for me, and that's kind of why I'm not making my 
postseason roster prediction until the season ends because of things like this, because of injuries, last second injuries that we're getting now. I'm going to wait until the season ends because, boy, so much shit could happen. Who knows? But it, it's going to be an interesting uh, storyline here as we continue to go down the stretch. So, But that's pretty much it. Uh, bats, bats do their thing. Pitching does does fine, not great, but fine. Yanks win two out of three. Now they look forward to Toronto. Um, it should be an interesting series, but I think the Yanks need to sweep here and keep pushing for home field because right now they're up one and a half on Houston, and I think Houston was losing last time I checked earlier tonight. They were down. They were down three to one to Oakland late. I think it was like late in the sixth or seventh. Hopefully they lose. They lose. If they do lose, that means the Yanks will be up two games in the uh, home field standings. I we desperately desperately need that. I just keep thinking of 2017, how dominant we were at Yankee Stadium, and how you know, mediocre or how you know terrible we were on the road. Um, it's just it's not really a statistic thing either. It's just think about it: the New York Yankees playing at Yankee Stadium. I definitely believe, I'm a big believer in like feeding off the crowd. And I think they do. They take that to their advantage, man. They do. They feed off the Bronx. And I think getting home field will be huge, not only for us, but if we do have to eventually play Houston in the CS, it could go to our advantage because they're pretty mediocre on the road this year. Their road record isn't that sharp. But like I said, it's more just a feel thing than... A statistical thing, and I think home field is just one of those things. We got to see it, man. The Yanks will just—I bet I'm talking. You're listening to a guy who's been to pretty much every home playoff game over the past couple of years, spending fortunes just to watch his team. But I hope, and I've, I've traveled to 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 eat to uh, Cleveland even to watch them play. I was I was at the DS in uh for Game Five in in uh in. In Cleveland in 2017, but yeah, that's that. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end this podcast and probably head to bed, or maybe I'll hop on 2K. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow in the uh, in the blog. Ciao.